Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. No Seema, no Tommy Guns this week. We got a lot to dive into in the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. We'll start off with the sweet science as last night had a hell of a card on Showtime. Uh, really, really stacked card. They've been promoting this triple header like crazy. A lot of young guys, three championship fights, all in the same weight class. And I thought it was a fun night. I thought it, was, I thought it had a fantastic show in the first fight. Jared Hurd, Austin Trout was unbelievably good. Those guys had a couple of rounds uh, I think could be in Canada for round of the year. That Austin Trout props up to him. I mean, he he's he is consummate. Uh, it feels like on those next level. I mean, he has been a champion, but it does feel like uh, on these big stages he is he's been uh, the consummate bridesmaid in getting those big moments because he he was putting it on Jared Hurd for uh, really the first half of that fight. A lot of shots that did damage. Um, Obviously, the southpaw gave Jared Hurd a, a lot of problems. Had a nasty clash of heads that gave Hurd the crimson mask. But he's he was he was way bigger. He was way bigger. He, he was he was better conditioned. He was able to take the beating, and eventually was he, you know he kept walking down Austin Trout, which I'm sure was discouraging to him. Where you know Trout thinks he's putting it on this guy. He's he's beating him with his own best weapon, uh, just uh, unloading uppercuts on him, really really piecing him up. And her just kept coming. He just kept coming and coming and coming. And eventually was starting to, I would say, like around round six. Six was an unbelievable round. One, one, of, the, one of the best rounds of the year. Um, but you could just tell that the shots that Hurd was landing were doing more than what Austin Trout was doing. And then you started, you started to see the productivity start to dip for Austin Trout. And pretty much just started becoming a, a survival match. I mean, he was like walking dead. He would get hit with these monster shots, and he would just keep coming. It was unbelievable, unbelievable toughness from Austin Trout, but the eyes started to swell up. It was looking real, real nasty. And and after the 10th round, um, the corner slash doctors, they stopped the fight, and Jared Hurt uh, retains his title. Really, really entertaining fight from those guys. I was most excited for... The next fight, I was excited for Jermel Charlo versus Erickson Lubin. Erickson Lubin we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, a dynamic young personality and very, very young, 21, 22 years old. You know, so he's he's stepping into the lion's den real early. Jamel Charlo talked about in the lead up to this fight, he doesn't belong with me. This is too soon for him. Um, he didn't understand why Lubin was getting the shot so early. But, you know, uh, we've seen from Erickson Lubin, powerful, dynamic puncher, uh, sometimes a bit of a showboat, and we'll see what he can do. It didn't seem like the stage was going to overwhelm him. And, you know, very, very much a feeling out first round. Um, these guys are, 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 are staring each other up and down. Nothing uh, of big note, but they start to open up. And then Erickson Lubin, in the midst of the first round, he, he, he dips down to what he thinks avoid a shot. And while he's down, uh, Jamel Charlo hits him with a right hand right into his neck. And it, it, you could just see the body short-circuiting on Erickson Lubin. He, it's honestly, it's one of the, the scarier reactions to a shot you'll see I mean he stiffens up like a board almost topples over sideways it was as if you turn him into a two by four and just stop supporting it like you had it on the tall end and you just let it drop and he was out he was out you know the I think but it was so shocking because of where the shot came from he was he was he was clearly trying to make a move defensively and it didn't take much because his momentum and, and, and Charlo's shot hit the right spot. It was just one of those sweet, um, perfectly timed, worst possible spots. You know, just just comet of of stuff. And so it was it, it, it really was uh, just just uh, it was a scary, scary reaction from Lubin, but a sensational sensational one shot knockout from Jamel Charlo a, a very emotional afterwards you know you could tell he was very upset by a lot of the lead up apparently somebody threw uh somebody threw a chair at his brother Jamal um so they were the the the, the, the post interview with with Jim Gray had a lot of fire to it uh and you feel for Erickson Lubin you know I'm telling you this is he's one of those guys you know you talk to for for 10 minutes and you you're like ah you can't help but root for the guy but um this is one of those things. It doesn't it doesn't mean that he's not it doesn't mean that he can't be great. It doesn't mean he's not going to be back there. It, it it it's almost sometimes better to lose like that in such stunning fashion and you go back to the drawing board and you just think, "You know what? We made you made a I don't want to say a rookie mistake cuz he's he's got almost 20 fights under his belt, but you just you made one of those youth mistakes, and you got caught, and that happens. It's it's almost better um, that it happens like that, and for for something to happen like that, all things have to kind of go the way. Like you have to be making a mistake while your opponent makes you pay for that mistake in in just a vicious fashion. But it's not like he went out on that stage and he threw up a huge dud and he got dominated. You know, those I think are almost worse. I mean, I think if you look to what happened in the main event with Arizlandi Lara Terrell uh, Geisha, uh, uh, it, it was just uh, Gauche. It was a, um, it, it, that that to me was, it, it clearly was 
the least exciting of of the night. Um, which I think if your heir is Landy Lar is a bit of a, a bummer because you have the main event stage on this huge triple header card. The crowd's booing you. And I think you had the most forgetful performance of the night. Um, but he's one to do that. I mean, he has that style. He has that Cuban background, that, that, that amazing amateur style and very simple, straightforward, but, but also just from angles and you can't, he's just so hard to hit. He's so hard to figure out. Um, it was funny though. I will give him this, like when the crowd was probably booing at his loudest, he, he responded by knocking down, uh, uh, Gaucher in, I think it was the fifth round. So he did have that moment, but didn't close the show, um, you know, and had a pretty lopsided performance. But it, it's better, I think, for Lubin to lose like this to Jermel Charlo than it was for him to to go up and really look like he was outclassed. You know, knockouts happen. You know, guys get stopped. It, ha- it happens in combat sports. And this is something that he's going to take as a learning experience. It may take him three, four fights to get back on this stage, it's going to it's gonna take some rebuilding, don't get me wrong. Um, but it doesn't mean – you didn't really get to see his his talents displayed. You know what I mean? Um, reminds me, if we're going to switch over to – if we're going to use an MMA parallel, we were talking about um, Aaron Pico's debut. Aaron Pico just had his debut in Bellator, had it at MSG. And, you know, everyone's talking about Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico's going to have this unbelievable debut. He's, he's the future of MMA. Um, he, he's the hottest prospect mixed martial arts has ever had golden gloves champion, national champion wrestler. And he gets, he gets cleaned up, gets cleaned up, uh, gets put on, gets put on the canvas, uh, with a, with a big shot and, and, and gets submitted. So you're like, ah, well, all the, the hype train does, the hype train does stop. It does get derailed a little bit, but it doesn't mean it can't get back on track. And, and as you saw in his last performance, had one of the more sensational knockouts, definitely in Bellator this year. Um, I could, I, 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 you could probably even argue in mixed martial arts this year, his last win. So, Eric Salubin's going to have his chance to get back. Um, I guess the question is, what happens out of last night? You know, wh- wh- where out of these trio is somebody going to unify and fight? Um, Jared Hurd was interviewed in the crowd. And he said that he, he'd he be more than willing to take on Erickson Lubin. Likes the fact that he'd continue his streak of southpaws. Um, you know, Jamel Charles having this chance now to 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 shine. Uh, he had the moment of the night. I think he's got the, the highlight reel. I think everybody kind of comes out of last night talking mostly about him. So do you, do you make that fight? Where do you want to go from here? Because... Whatever, whichever one of those young guys you pair up with, there is Landy Lara. Know they're going to be draw, brought into deep waters. Their their skill set's going to be tested in a different in a different fashion than it probably ever has before. You know, you're getting in there, and especially if you're Javel Charlo, if you do make that matchup, you are going to be put in a position where it's it's not taking on a guy who's 21 and made a mistake. There is Landy Lara. You'd be hard to believe that he's going to make that same mistake. And so, you know, what what's it going to be like for Charlo if he does get dragged into that that position? And as far as Jared Hurd, I mean, listen, he showed himself to be a very resilient, very entertaining fighter. Yeah, he was in there with a guy who I don't want to say Austin Trout's past his prime. Um but he definitely he he definitely looks like 
he, I, I think Austin Trout fought about as good as he could fight, and it just wasn't enough. He, 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 he ran out of steam. He definitely looked um, outsized in this one. You know, never been a big puncher, but has been a guy where you, you've always just seen him. He's been on that cusp of, of getting that big performance, and he looked well on his way. Well on his way. But a really, really fun night by Showtime. Fantastic, fantastic card. It was a fun night of boxing. You had PBC on Fox as well. Abner Morris, he beat Andres Gutierrez. Very lopsided decision. Um, uh, actually, it was, it was actually stopped, but it was very lopsided at the time of the stoppage. It was nearly a shutout. Um, there was a foul, and they had to end up stopping the fight. So Morris gets his win. Leo Santa Cruz, he beats uh, Chris Avalos by TKO in the eighth round. Those two are going to match up. Um, Santa Cruz is really putting it on. Super active. And it. I th- they announced in the... Uh, in the Showtime card that those two will have their rematch. So we have that to look forward to as well. But it was a really fun night of boxing. Uh, very, very exciting night. And I thought a lot of guys got to flourish on that stage. So really, really cool night. We have a lot of boxing news and notes to get to and a lot of UFC, a lot of UFC news to get to as Fighters Fury rolls on after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. We'll take you up until around 10 o'clock. So a lot of news and notes happening uh, boxing-wise. Yesterday on the Showtime broadcast, did a couple of things. They had uh, three of their champs up there. Uh, they had Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, Deontay Wilder all up there. Um, you know, PBC guys. So uh, they, they, uh, they were trying to, uh, they were trying to seem like to promote Hey, are we, are we eventually going to get Errol Spence versus Keith Thurman? Like, is that going to happen? And it was funny, man. Like, Errol Spence is like, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Let's do that. And, man, you know, Keith Thurman, he's such a strange dude. He is, he's a weird guy. And he's, he's you know, he's coming back from a big injury. Um, but it's just like flat out, like, we're just, you know, the guy asks, like, would you want that matchup? Because, like, that would be a matchup everybody wants to see. Unification, welterweight title fight. Um you actually have them under the same pretty much umbrella. Seems easy enough to make. Understood that they want to do uh, do a fight where Keith Thurman is going to be able to test out his arm. But what does he want to fight? And Keith Thurman's just like going on this. You know, well, uh, you know, the he, I can see he's got you know more passion than me because he's doing the hunting and he's doing the chasing. And it's like, no, man, you got to understand. It's a lost thing on a lot of guys. You know, they think just because they have a belt that people are going to remember who they are. You know, Keith Thurman, because of his injury, has has been slipping out of people's minds. Like, Errol Spence is the new thing. Errol Spence is the guy everybody's buzzing about. Everybody remembers his championship performance. They want to see him. And with that being the case, you can't be out there, Lazio. If you're like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. And here's the other thing that I thought was a miss by Keith Thurman. Um... You know, you don't. I, I don't think you undersell big fights that people are excited about. If people people want to see Errol Spence versus Keith Thurman, you don't you don't ho hum it. You don't you don't be like yeah you know well we'll see what happens and you know we maybe we you know we can make that fight you know and it's just like ah oh, come on man like this is this is your bread this is what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be saying you want that fight. Of course, we're going to make that fight. That fight's going to happen, and just this this 
you know, ho-hum. Like, I, I'll tell you this. Like, Deontay Wilder, who, you know, I, I think you could criticize of, of some of the things that he's ducked in the past, but he's also had a lot of things go wrong for him as far as this climb to stay in people's minds because a lot of his opponents have popped for PEDs. But I will give him this. Everybody wants to see Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. He knows how to sell that fight. Um, I thought he had a great line yesterday where they were saying, well, are, are you are you going to look past Bermain Stavern? And he's like, uh, I'm not looking past him, but let's just say I'm window shopping. So I'm looking through him a little bit. I thought that was a great line by Deontay Wilder. And, you know, just, just lets people know, like, I'm, I'm trying to hunt this fight with Anthony Joshua. I'm trying to make it happen. They're both going to be fighting about a week apart from each other. Um, Anthony Joshua fights on the 28th against Pulev. And Deontay fights a week later, uh, in November, November 4th at the Barclays Center. So these guys are going to line up. And I, I think for the both of them, they should really be concentrating on making that the thing they're selling and not ho-humming it, not determining where that fight should be. Um, I think business-wise, it would clearly do the most if they did it in London and it was in Joshua's native uh, uh, native of, of, of England because... You know, Deontay hasn't shown himself to be a monster ticket seller here yet. He just hasn't. I mean, a lot of his fights come in his, his home state of Alabama, and it's no disrespect to Alabama, but not exactly the mecca of boxing. So he's a big draw in his hometown. He's done a couple cards in the Barclays Center. They haven't been marquee, huge fights. And I think that Really, if you look at it, if you want to say, well, who is looked upon as getting a more having a more legitimate piece of the crown, you probably go Joshua. I mean, if you really want to look at it from a lineal standpoint, Tyson Fury was champ, and then all these, then he got, you know, went, you know, he went, he went with some personal issues, and his title was stripped, and so. He was lineal champion, and his last one was over Klitschko. So if you want to look at it as like, all right, well, Klitschko never got to have his rematch, but Joshua beat him worse, I guess you could go like that. I mean, I, I, I think if you were to say, well, who's who's got the more, the most legit piece of the heavyweight crown, I think people would go and they would say Anthony Joshua, That, would, in my opinion. Um, but those two need to fight. They need to. They need to, they need to do a... Uh, American versus versus British card clash two young guys two giants I mean they're gonna look like superhumans I mean you think about what the what the old heavyweight match these guys are gonna look like that except it's gonna be like clash of the giants and I still like Joshua in that fight um I, I just think he's a little bit more polished you're talking about you know having a, an Olympic gold medal background um he's really been in there now with with uh, with an elite fighter in Klitschko, has been in there in, in a serious war where, you know, he was down on the canvas. He was really tested. We haven't really seen that with Deontay yet. You know, Deontay is, yes, he's had some issues with fighters uh, testing positive for PEDs, but but it's not only that. He's, he's not been given any favors with replacement fights. Like, they've been against, 
you know, Spielka and uh, some dude from France that we've never heard of. Like, they, they have not been doing him favors with the replacement opponents they're giving him. And now they're giving him a a, a fight in, in Bermain Stavern, who is, you know, he went the distance with him. So you have that. Um, but I don't think anybody really looks at that fight and says he's got a true element of danger here to to unseat Deontay Wilder. But those two need to fight. There, there's no doubt about that. But between all the, the Joe Parkers, the Dylan Whites, um, all those guys who are on the fringes right now, they don't compute like those two do. Now, speaking of Tyson Fury, this is interesting. We've been following this story because – you know we're we're close with with uh, with Shannon the Cannon Briggs. We we love the champ. Um, you know he was on uh, he was on he was on London radio this past week, and he has been in touch with Tyson Fury's management, and seems to think that something's close. Tyson Fury comes out this week, and he announces that he's going to be making a return to the ring. Now he's pulled this move before. So take it for what it's worth. He's a crazy person, all right? But he's tweeted, be ready for a fight April of 2018 in a great fight. Again in the summer in a mega fight. And again in the back end of the year. Three big fights in 2018. Now, Tyson Fury obviously has a lot of training to do to get into fight shape. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've seen him, but the last we have seen him on social media... He looks huge. He's he's ginormous. I mean, the last time I think they saw him was at his brother's fight. He's still a big boy. He's ginormous. Now, much like Thurman, does he want to come back and really get into the lion's den of fighting Deontay or Anthony Joshua or one of those other guys with the piece of his heavyweight crown? I mean, if we really want to call it that. Um or does he does he want to does he want to test himself out? Does he want to feel things out? He's got to get into a fight with Shannon Briggs, a guy. Listen, matchup wise, Tyson is a guy who can go twelve rounds like it's nothing. He can dance around. He's very elusive. Um, he's the younger guy. You would think he would have the training to go 12 rounds and and so if he could drag Shannon into deep waters would that be trouble for the champ probably so but you also have the element of he hasn't been fighting he hasn't been training um now now Shannon's been on a bit of a hiatus too because he has the suspension to deal with so that that's also a, a question but you know that Shannon Briggs is in the gym he is doing some training it's not quite fight camp but it's not where Tyson Fury is where he's just off gypsying and and drinking and doing whatever the hell he's doing and we don't know i mean he's he's off doing doing uh traveler things so it'll be interesting um shannon said on 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 london radio that he's heading over to europe he's he's heading over to to england to try and find tyson fury i don't know if this is going to be as easy as finding david hay where he's basically standing outside his gym or as easy as getting on the, the the lawn of buckingham palace he's done that too um because I, I don't think anybody knows where the hell Tyson Fury is. But it seems like, you know, Tyson Fury has engaged in in, in uh, Twitter conversation with Shannon Briggs. So I want to put it past it, man. I would say this thing definitely has legs to it. And I would, I, I don't think anything could touch that 
fight promotion wise this the, for the for the rest of the year or for next year i mean those guys are are two masters at promoting a fight that i i think it would be unbelievable it would be it would be unbelievable so anyway this is uh that that's just something to keep an eye on um Couple more news and notes from boxing before we uh, we switch over to the UFC because we got some we have some big things to get there. Miguel Cotto Sanamali will be taking place December second. That's slated to be Miguel Cotto's retirement fight. Um, this is a weird rumor that's out there, but Jeff Horn, who has never gotten more headlines because of a judge for for judges being terrible, but there's a rumor that. Um, He's, he's going to be fighting Gary Kokoron in December. And there was a rumor that his fight after that would be against Conor McGregor. I don't understand that. I, I don't I don't get the tie in there. Um, but that's out there. Now, Horn's trainer and Bob Arum have said that if he beats Kokoron this upcoming fight, next fight for him is either Terrence Crawford or Manny Pacquiao. Now, from my standpoint... I don't really want to see Jeff Horn fight either one of those guys. I'm not interested in seeing Jeff Horn fight. I saw Jeff Horn fight against Manny Pacquiao. And listen, you could give him credit for being tough because it looked like Pacquiao had him done. That fight could have been stopped. But just because you get a nod from the judges, it doesn't make me more interested in watching you fight. And if you're going to tell me of the pool of Jeff Horn, Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, who I want to fight? I want to see Crawford and Pacquiao fight. I don't want to see one of them fight Jeff Horn. I want to see those two options, Crawford and Pacquiao, fight each other. So, I don't know. But, you know, it doesn't seem like that's going to be uh, the case. Like, I I know Pacquiao has been uh, commanding a lot of money to fight a Tannis Crawford, and understandably so. You know, you get in there with a guy at Tannis Crawford, you're the age that Pacquiao is, it might be the last time you fight. It could be your retirement fight. Who knows how. If uh, if you could if you could win that fight, but I just think even still, like all right, we're gonna look at it like this. You think it, 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 you know if you're gonna make this fight, if you're gonna offer up those guys, you need to give Terrence Crawford a superstar level fight. The guy's arguably the best boxer walking the planet right now, and and he could walk in through this building anonymously. Nobody would bother him other than the people hosting the show, and that's a problem. And so you need to you need to put some some marketing some superstar behind him, and he needs to get the Pacquiao rub. Look what Jeff Horn like Jeff Horn, he's never gotten so much pra- uh, never gotten so much publicity. He didn't even beat Pacquiao. He just got uh, he got a gift from the judges, and look at all the headlines you get from him. That's crazy. An idea that he's gonna fight Conor McGregor? Really? He's gonna fight Conor McGregor? What? I, I I don't understand it, but you know, get, you know, Terrence Crawford should be getting that rub, man. He 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 is he is more deserving of that rub than Jeff Horn. It, it, crazy to me. It's it's wild. I I don't understand it. So to 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 get these headlines that oh yeah yeah Jeff Horn, he's either gonna fight Crawford or Pacquiao after this next. Like, why? Why? And, and again, I don't understand Pacquiao wanting to fight him again. I don't get it. You proved your point. 
You've been screwed over on bigger stages and worse than that before. I don't understand the need to get right and fight Jeff Warren. I, I don't. It, it does nothing for Pacquiao's legacy or career. Oh, guys, you guys remember when Pacquiao, he righted the wrong against Jeff Warren? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fantastic. He's already done that. He fought Tim Bradley three times. He got screwed the first time, then beat him twice badly. Badly. If you fight Jeff Warren, he's going to beat him worse. Much worse. I mean, Jeff Warren, I, I literally got put it, put his hands up, went forward, didn't throw punches, didn't land punches, and somehow came away with the decision. I don't need to see Pacquiao in a ring with him again, especially in Australia, to prove anything. But I would like to see Pacquiao in there with a potential superstar, with a guy who who really could use that rub, who's in the same under the same top rank umbrella. That I think could be useful. I just wish you know Bob Aaron would pony up and make it happen. We'll get to some UFC notes. A lot of things happen in mixed martial arts. We'll get to that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. We'll take you up until around 10 o'clock. Aquan Orange pregame show is coming up after us today. They'll get you ready for Dolphins and Falcons. So we may have our first hint on where Conor McGregor is fighting next. That could be coming up. He uh, he tweeted out this picture. It's like a Grand Theft Auto parody. And he's in his he's in his car. He's got the belt. He's got two belts. He's got cash. He's got a gun in his hand. And it just tweets out. And it just says on the caption, Tony. So I think we're all jumping to the conclusion that Fighting Tony Ferguson is next. I think, I think that is, uh, I think that's pretty clear that he's making it known that that's, uh, that's pos- that's a possibility that this is going to happen. I'm, I'm really glad that that is the the scenario we're looking at. If Connor makes his UFC return soon, that he's gonna go and he's gonna defend his belt. I think that just is such a great thing for Connor to do. Um, simply because that is what got him to this point. You know, a lot of it was he's not going to be able to do this, not going to be able to do this against a wrestler, beats Chad Mendes, not going to be able to do this against the experience of Jose Aldo, knocks him out in 13 seconds. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to go win another belt, beats Eddie Alvarez. You know, he's not going to be able to, to to win a rematch against Nate Diaz, does. You know, he's, 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 he's silenced a lot of doubters, and I think now the next thing is, oh, well, he's not a real champion. He doesn't defend his belt. He's never defended his belt. Well, this is his first opportunity. This is, you know, go out there and defend defend your belt. You know, this idea that he wants to walk around and he wants to be known as a two-division champion and never lost, he's never lost his, his belt in a fight. He needs, he needs, to, he needs to go defend it. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I don't, even, don't even really think it's a debate between what you do next, between if he's going to return to the UFC and you want him to fight Nate Diaz next, he's got to vacate the title. This can't be a thing where in any world Nate Diaz deserves a title shot over Tony Ferguson. He could have fought Tony Ferguson. I mean, that fight was out there. Nate Diaz could have fought him and didn't want to do it. He wants to wait for Conor, and that's fine. Nate Diaz could do whatever the hell he wants. He wants to sit around and wait for Conor McGregor. That fight's going to be there. The rubber match is there. That fight doesn't need to be for a belt. Doesn't matter if that weight class, if it's at 170 or 155. Um, it it will be a monster fight. 
people will care about seeing that fight. But my thing is this. If you want to if you want to debate business with Conor McGregor, I think Conor McGregor's return UFC fight is big no matter who it's against. And if you're going to have a big business fight, why would you shoot two bullets for for one target? Why are you going to have his return fight and the Nate Diaz fight in the in the in the same breath? I think that I think that takes away one of your money fights. Connor versus Tony would do great business because Connor's going to make his return to the octagon. Be the first time he's fighting in well over a year, so I don't really think you're hurting yourself business wise with that. Now you could ask yourself, well, what happens if he loses? What happens if he loses? He's, you know, does he fight a rematch? Uh, how does he lose? How does he look? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of questions there, but maybe Connor handles it the way he always handles it. Maybe he handles it by being gracious in defeat, learning and. And moving forward, and and maybe fighting Tony again, you know that's not like then. Then you have a fight with Tony in the future. You have a you have a rematch there. You know we've seen that Connor's been able to bounce back before from a devastating loss, make the adjustments, and you know could he do that against Tony Ferguson? Yeah. So then you have another big fight. I, I, it goes it goes back to what we were talking about with with uh, with Terence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao. Y- it's going to be nothing but helpful for Tony because he's going to be able to get that rub from Conor McGregor. He's going to be able to be in there with the superstar and be put up on that pedestal. Um, he's got to win. He's got to look good doing it, or he's got to put up a very competitive fight. You can't quite go out there like Eddie Alvarez and you can't get annihilated because you know then people aren't you know aren't going to want to buy you in droves. Um, Eddie Alvarez is still a monster. I mean, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer. He's the only guy to win the Bellator and and UFC championships. Um, So, I mean, that puts him in a class of his own. I'm not taking anything away from Eddie Alvarez. He's fantastic. But I'm just talking from a box office draw perspective. Um, So I'm glad to hear this. I mean, you know, I don't – there's some people theorizing, oh, he's just just playing around and he's he's trying to put himself out there as Tony Montana. All right, maybe. Um, But I think he knows. I think there's there's a piece of Conor McGregor that knows – he needs to go defend his belt. He mentioned it a few weeks back. I want to, you know, there's people talking about my legitimacy as a champion. I want to legitimize the belt. I think he knows. Connor always has this sense of respect and heritage to the sport while always thinking bigger. But I, I think all of the gimmicks and all of the fun and the crazy ride that was getting the Mayweather fight. This this is I, I do think for Connor there's a little bit of him wanting to get back to the way it was of what just made you famous. Why it bummed me out when I heard oh if he fights in December he wants to kind of do the Ronda Rousey thing where he just shows up for the weigh-in and he just shows up for the fight. And I get it he's worn down, but one I think that's shooting yourself in the foot. I think that's hurting your box office wise because everybody wants to hear Conor McGregor talk. It's not enough just to see Conor fight. People want to hear Conor talk and. You're also, I think, you're, I think you're, I think you're thumbing your nose at the fans a little bit, especially the ones that made you as big as you are, the the UFC fans. And so to deprive them of that, when you went on a on a on a four city world tour for a, you know, a showcase, if you will, against Floyd Mayweather, that would bum me out a little bit. I'd rather, all right, Connor, take what time you need off. You want to do this fight in February? You want to wait till St. Patrick's Day? When do you want to do it? Um. 
But if he is acknowledging Tony Ferguson, do you get the feeling that Connor's going to take this long layoff? I mean, if Tony weren't to fight again, you know, he just took about a year off. Um, so if he were to wait till March, it's not the it's not the craziest wait in the world for Tony Ferguson. I mean, it's it's, it's October. It's like five months. That's not that bad. So if we, if we have to wait until March to get this fight, they do St. Patrick's Day in Boston, in New York, whatever. Um, that's not that big a layoff for Tony Ferguson. And like I was saying last time, like I don't, I don't think that uh, I don't think this is an easy fight for Conor. I really don't. I know people think that Tony's very hittable. He is. He does allow himself to get hit, but he's crazy. He's a crazy person. And he, he doesn't get stopped. So if we're going to get into a, a a contest of, hey, this fight could go into deep waters, and Tony's amazing on the ground, and I, I just think that you, then you start taking the que- into question the cardio issues with Connor, which I think are legitimate. Um, he's been five rounds now. He's won a five-round fight against Nate Diaz, so he has that in his back pocket. Um, and you would think he would be in better shape because he's going to be at 155, but um, it's a lot of time away from the cage. It's a lot of time away from the cage. If he is going to be away for an extra six months, man, we're talking, we're, we're talking, you know, a year and a half away from the octagon. How much training has he been doing in mixed martial arts? We don't really know. Those are all, you know, and you know Tony has is, is been training like a monster. Like he did for this fight against Kevin Lee. Like he does for every fight. Up in Big Bear. You know, making his own equipment. He's he's an insane person. So, I, I do think this 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 Connor-Tony matchup, I think it's fascinating. I think I think Tony's got a good personality. I think these guys would, would do a good fight promotion for each other. So... If this is Connor hinting towards a, a fight with Tony Ferguson, if that's what he wants next, that I, I think is very exciting for UFC fans. A um, couple other things that have been uh, announced this week. Dana White came out, and he said that the winner between Robbie Lawler and Rafael Dos Anjos will get a welterweight title shot. Uh, they are going to be fighting in Canada, UFC on Fox, December 16th. That card's also going to have Jose Aldo and Ricardo Lamas. Mike Perry's going to be fighting on that card, so... Nice little card they're putting together for December 16th. I saw Javier Dos Anjos say that this should be for an interim title. I, I think that's lunacy. I, I mean, why? I mean, t- you know, Tyron Woodley is is injured, but he's he's not he's not going anywhere. Like he's he's injured. He's rehabbing a shoulder injury. I don't understand that. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm a little tired of the interim belts I really am I, I know we go on this debate back and forth I but man you really should you really should only be doing that if there's a real shot the champion doesn't come back the dumbest one right now is is 185 I don't understand why GSP and, and Michael Bisbing are fighting for a belt and why there's an interim belt out there I don't get it I don't get it it's weird to me that Robert Whitaker just was like, hey, just go away. We haven't heard from Robert Whitaker. I don't know what happened. Did he get kidnapped? Where's Robert Whitaker? N- nobody's heard from him. Everybody's like, ah, he's injured. Is he? Usually when these 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 fighters, they can't share enough information. I'm getting MRIs. I'm getting I'm getting X-rays. 
I saw Paige Van, Paige Van Zandt tweeting out pictures of herself naked doing weight cuts. These fighters can't stop giving you information and looks. I haven't heard a damn thing from Robert Whitaker. It, it, all it seems to me was he was paid off. Hey, guess what? We bleeped up. We have to do this title fight between Bisbing and GSP. Just go away, will you? Beat it. Beat it, Whitaker. Where the hell is he? I don't understand. But, hey, Javier Desai just wants this to be against a, for, for a, he wants it to be for, for an interim. Why? 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 Just, just, whatever happened, why is it not good enough to just be the number one contender? What does Javier Desai What does he have, like two fights at, at welterweight? He gets, he thinks, ah, I've done enough. I deserve, I deserve a, a gold belt for that. No, get the hell out of here. Go fight Robbie Lawler. You think Robbie Lawler gives a rat's ass about an interim belt? That guy's that guy was one of the best champions the sports had. Who's had more entertaining championship fights than Robbie Lawler? Nobody. And one of the most entertaining champions of all time. Got him out here, you know, parading around asking for a a, a, a freaking interim belt. No, it's embarrassing. Hotfield Los Angeles. I'm glad Tyron Woodley shut him down. Interim belt. This is out of control. Unbelievable. All these people. You know what I want the interim belt when I want them all to be thrown around like can't Change the color. That's what I want. Stop making it look like the other belt. I get Tony Ferguson. Hell, you got to do it for Tony Ferguson. Connor's been gone for a year. And you do Tony Ferguson for the interim belt because who knows? Connor may go box Pauly Malignaggi. And I saw Pauly Malignaggi. I think he told Fight Hype that. Dana and Al Heyman have been in contact. I give less than zero beliefs about that fight. I, I if you want to put on the, on the bottom ring of fights I want to see, it's Conor McGregor versus Paulie Malignaggi. I will see those guys in a in a bleep talking contest till the end of time. I don't want to see them fight. I really don't. I have no interest in it. If you want to do the boxing experiment again with Conor and it ends up being against Canelo, I don't really want to see that. But I can't say I'd turn away. Conor versus Paulie Malignaggi. Why? Why? What's what is the what is the great win there? Conor could beat a retired boxer. What's the great play there? Oh, they had this sparring footage. It was unbelievable. Conor edited it. He left his training camp. I'm so sick of the storyline as it is. You think I want to? You want? I want more fight promotion with that? No bleeping way. Get Conor McGregor and Paulie Malignaggi the hell away from me. I don't want to hear about Conor Boxing. We, he has been to the mountaintop. There's nowhere to go. Unless you're telling me that Conor McGregor is going to be in a Bane lab and he's going to shoot up to 6'5 and he can fight himself Anthony Joshua, I ain't interested. So you can you can kick rocks with Paulie Malignaggi versus Conor McGregor. I got no interest. None. Forget that bleep. He's one of the best mixed martial artists in the world. Let's see him do that. I've already seen him try to box against the best boxer of the last 15 years. You don't get much higher than that. In fact, it can only go downhill. You're not going to get any credit for beating Paulie Malignaggi. And let's say Conor McGregor does run out in his gas tank. And then you're the guy who got stopped by Paulie Malignaggi. Nobody gets stopped by Paulie Malignaggi. That would be humiliating for Conor McGregor to lose to Paulie Malignaggi. That is so stupid. Why the hell would they do that fight? Oh, it's going to do two million. Oh, it's going to do two million buys. You think so? You think that's going to do big business? Conor McGregor versus Paulie Malignaggi. Who, 
When's the last time anybody paid to see Paulie Malignaggi fight? It's like Oscar De La Hoya saying that Triple G Canelo is going to do 3 million buys. How about Triple G do 300,000 buys before he does 3 million buys? I just want to see the best fights. And it's not Conor McGregor versus any boxer. It's Conor McGregor in an octagon fighting mixed martial arts because that's what he does. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's go see. Uh, let's put LeBron James on skates. Let's go. Let's go see how he does in hockey. No. We've done it. We've been there. We paid our money. I paid my 100 bucks for, for Mayweather McGregor. That's it. No more. No more crossover. We're done. Well, I mean, like, do you know what the step down is from Floyd Mayweather to Pauli Malignaggi? It's, I mean, it would be like, hey, we got this all-time matchup. You know, Tim Tebow is going to take on Michael Jordan in one-on-one. We're going to see how it goes. And then he's going to take on Larry Drew II. That's the step down of Mayweather to Pauli Malignaggi. So done with that storyline. It's crazy. Oh, man. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, he came out this week. Uh, he says that he wants to get a huge payday if the UFC wants him to go up against fight uh, in a fight against Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw. I mean, listen, if you have the UFC president who is out here parading for TJ Dillashaw against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, I don't see why he shouldn't get a good payday for that. Um, I get Mighty Mouse's point. Why get paid the same? for um, a much riskier fight so hopefully that happens for him like to see him get a uh, a big time payday uh and shout out to henry sudo uh speedy recovery for him the guy broke his ankle as he was trying to escape the wildfires in california lost his gold medal that sucks man lost his olympic gold medal for wrestling uh in the wildfires had to jump from a second story and broke his ankle so hopefully as a speedy recovery he was supposed to fight pretty soon um but it seems like there's going to be a little bit of a layoff there for him. So hopefully uh, everything gets uh, great for Henry Sudo. And also, congrats to Juliana Pena, who is now putting her MMA career on hold because she announced she is pregnant. So a healthy, healthy pregnancy to Juliana Pena as well. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your Sunday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.